Well, Shakespeare, he's in the alley with his pointed shoes and his bells, and Bob Dylan's heading to Stockholm to claim the Nobel Prize. Welcome to Copyright Clearance and his podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. From Hemingway to Hesse, Camus to Kawabata, Singer to Soyinka, Nobel winners in literature have authored books of poetry, fiction, and journalism. But the latest laureate is best known for a body of recorded music. And that news has Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, wondering which way the wind blows. Welcome <laughs> back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Well, you know, you join us every Friday with news and analysis from the book world. And today, on the cusp of the Frankfurt Book Fair, we have to wonder how the surprising announcement from the Swedish Academy is going to play among the international publishing world. Indeed. So on October 13th, as you mentioned, Bob Dylan was awarded the 109th Nobel Prize in Literature. And I'll just come right out and say it. I am pretty stunned by the award. Uh, And I'll tell you more about why in a moment. But I have to preface this first by saying, uh, yes, indeed, I am a huge Bob Dylan fan. And on that score, I don't think he can be celebrated enough. So that's awesome that he's got another award. But a Nobel Prize for Literature? Okay, well, sure. Bob Dylan is an author. I'll give you that, too. Uh, In addition to his lyrics, he's the author of a book of prose poetry called Tarantula, Chronicles, which is a projected three-part memoir series published by Simon & Schuster. Uh, He's also authored six art books, and he was set to publish a book of his lyrics uh, in book form with SNS. The book is called Lyrics 1961-2012, to catchy title. That book was set for a November 8th release, but as you might understand... I understand the production schedule is now being accelerated. And also notable, Dylan is the first American to win the Nobel Prize for Literature since 1993, when Toni Morrison won uh, won the award. Uh, he's also the first lyricist to win the prize. And, you know, it's unexpected to say the least, but I guess not totally out of the blue. Uh, I noted that he at least had odds laid on him winning the award by the English betting parlors. But those odds were 50 to 1. And that's maybe a, a little generous for my, my skepticism here. Well, indeed, I can't believe you're quoting the English. English bet makers uh, uh, over there. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, obviously there's a note of skepticism there, a large note of skepticism, probably one more note than Bob Dylan can sing. And, and you have to ask yourself, wh- what is the publishing community? And by that, I mean not just publishers, but booksellers thinking about this award. And are they skeptical, too, do you think? Well, you know, I think publishing professionals like me and, and book readers and you know, authors are probably Dylan fans, too. That's my sense. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure many of them are actually delighted to see the Nobel community really expand the field of literature to include such a towering figure like Bob Dylan. So and I do see some merit to his award. And some of the reaction I've seen on social media sort of uh, has been positive about this. But I have to say, to accept Bob Dylan for a Nobel Prize in literature, I have to believe that of all the great writers working internationally, of all the people who are working within the book world to support literature, these important voices and stories and the people who support education and libraries and booksellers. And then I think, really, Bob Dylan in 2016? Was there nobody else out of this great supply of incredible books out there that was worthy of the award? Why this year was Bob Dylan given this award? You know, I think there's probably a statement of some kind uh, that the Nobel Committee was sending and selecting Bob Dylan. Now, I don't know exactly what that message is. Uh, maybe the answer is blowing in the wind, but I'm sure at Frankfurt, we're going to hear a lot of discussion about this, and probably in the coming weeks, we'll hear, 
even more about what this all means. I'll, I'll just say this. When I heard the news today, all I thought of was WikiLeaks. And WikiLeaks, if you're listening, I would love to know what Philip Roth or Don DeLillo are saying in their emails this week. They're probably saying something like, how many literary roads must an author walk down before you can call him a Nobel Prize winner? And that's the question I would have, too. <laughs> well, you know, I bet there are also some long faces over at Barnes & Noble. I mean, there's an opportunity here to push a lot of product, but that product, uh, those uh, tower record stores, they're long gone. And, and, and the only place left to get anything from Dylan is a Barnes & Noble. And we're talking books, and it's a short list, as you say. Yeah, I think probably Spotify is the big winner here. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, as you mentioned, we are on to the Frankfurt Book Fair. We'll be there together. We'll record a, a podcast and, and share our impressions with the audience next week. And there'll be a, a number, of course, of, of PW Show Dailies available on the Frankfurt floor. And just turn to you briefly for some highlights. What do you expect from the coming week? That's right. We do our show dailies. I'll remind our listeners again from Frankfurt. Uh, those editions will be out next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, and they will include uh, breaking news from the fair, of course, and you can check them out on the PW site for free uh, every day of the fair. In addition, though, those dailies also include a, a bunch of features that we've been working on for the last month or so here. Um, and there's a lot of great exclusive articles that will be in those show dailies, and you should check them out for those as well. And you know, I'd like to actually you know, highlight a couple of things that I think are really interesting this year, including uh, my exclusive interview with New York Times columnist and best-selling author Tom Friedman, who is actually kicking off his media campaign for his new book, which is called Thank You for Being Late, An Optimist Guide to Thriving in the Age of Accelerations, uh, which is due out in November from FSG. Now, I'm sure our listeners know Tom Friedman's work well, not only from the Times, but his 2005 book, The World is Flat, spent more than 100 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. But I have to say, in reading the book, I found uh, his latest book, Thank You for Being Late, probably the most ambitious book he's written yet. It explores how these accelerations are really changing our lives. And they range from uh, the incredible advances in technology to climate change and how they are toppling institutions and industries and creating new geopolitical global challenges. You know, it offers a really great look at why so many of us may feel a little disoriented these days. You know, it used to take 20 to 30 years for technological advances to change the way we live. Now those kinds of game-changing advances are coming about every five to seven years, and they're really severely testing how quickly humans can adapt. But despite all the changes, Friedman is actually quite optimistic, and his advice is, yeah, it's okay to slow down, even in the age of accelerations, to pause and reflect. And, you know, he quotes author and uh, prominent thinker Dove Seidman, who says, uh, when you hit pause on a computer, it stops. But when you hit pause on a human, it starts. I think that's actually a pretty powerful quote. The book uh, and our interview hit on topics that are going to be very much underpinning a lot of the conversations at Frankfurt this year, uh, ranging from artificial intelligence to disruptions in various industries and how to navigate the changes, uh, not only for in our lives, but as, in our careers as well. So it's really an excellent book, uh, and it's a very timely interview, and that's going to be online in our day one show daily on Wednesday. So if you're at the fair, 
there. You can pick it up in print. And if you're not, you can read it online at the PW website. Um, I also have an exclusive interview uh, with the Pew Foundation's Lee Rainey as well. Uh, and that's going to be uh, more about people's reading habits and following up really on two surveys that were recently in the news about uh, reading and where people's attention is going these days. Uh, and there are also tons of other features as well on everything from copyright reform in the U.S. and in the EU to open access and other developments as well. And of course, as we always do at Frankfurt, we highlight some of the interesting startups that are coming to the fair and looking to get in the game and work with publishers. And there are two that I'll just call out very quickly here that I find fascinating. One is a new venture called Cinestate from Deep Vellum founder Will Evans, the Dallas-based publisher of International Translations. And Cinestate is actually this uh, ambitious new cross-media venture that will focus, uh, yes, on books, but also on film and audio plays. Uh, and it's a really outstanding, interesting new venture that I wish Will and Deep Vellum all the luck with in the world. And also, there's a new company called Olipo. Olipo is really sort of on the bleeding edge of how we're going to be telling stories in the digital age. You know, basically, it's a suite of tools and a platform to allow users to use all the features of their mobile devices, their phones, uh, their iPads. And that includes everything from text and video and pics to things like GPS. All of these new tools are in our hands for creating these great new stories and uh, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever. Uh, it's just going to really have an impact on how we tell stories in the future. So Olipo is launching at the fair, uh, and you can look for news on them as well in the show dailies. I'll also be attending the Copyright Clearance Center's town hall, uh, and I'm especially looking forward to your panel on open access. But rather than talk about that, maybe I'll just uh, ask you to tell listeners what to expect. Well, I'll tell them and I'll invite them. Everyone's welcome to join us for our annual town hall event uh, in Hall 4.C, using the, the Frankfurt lingo, Hall 4.C, Room Concord. And things get underway at 945. We're going to be looking at open access and the entrepreneurial publisher. And, and by 2016, it's now a fact of life uh, that open access business models exist. And the big question for publishers is... Um, in this now author-centric world, how are they going to make their businesses stronger? And so we have a variety of people ready to contribute to that conversation. Uh, Betsy Donahue from Digital Science, Alice Meadows of Orchid, Brandon Nordine from the American Chemical Society, and Kate Warlock from Outsell. But I'm very excited to, to have join us really the entrepreneur of all entrepreneurs when it comes to open access publishing, and that is Vitek Tras, uh, the founder of Biomed Central and the latest startup from his uh, publishing group called F1000. And, 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 and Vitek isn't a shy character. He's a man who's lived uh, enough for a half a dozen lifetimes, and he's got some very strong views about open access and the availability of scholarly research, and, and he's going to share them with us. And it's important, I think, for publishers to be there to hear it, because He's giving us an idea of the direction the whole industry is going to take. So that all gets underway on Thursday, October 20th at 9.45. And finally, at 11 o'clock in the same hall, 4.C, our CEO, Tracy Armstrong, is going to be talking about the power of content. So we do hope you'll join us for all of that and stick around, too, for a little light lunch uh, on Copyright Clearance Center. So we'll save a seat for you, Andrew, and uh, look forward to having you uh, there with us and everyone at the Frankfurt Book Fair. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, joins me each Friday on Beyond the Book, and thanks again. My pleasure, and I will see you in Germany. Coming next on Beyond the Book, music makes emotional connections that are compelling and indelible. Just ask the Nobel Prize Committee. On Monday, Copyright Clearance Center announces the launch of Right Fine Music, a search and file management website 
to music use in business presentations and video. When assembled in a single creative package, says Adam Taylor, CEO of APM Music, music, words, and pictures make up an unbeatable team. One thing important to understand is that this music is made to work with the moving image. When you're working with the moving image, you don't want a popular song over everything. It's distracting. And so this services the video. It's storytelling. It's music made for storytelling. So it will enhance the value of the production. And that's all coming up next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center with its subsidiaries RightsDirect in the Netherlands and Ixis in the United Kingdom. CCC is a global leader in content workflow, document delivery, text and data mining, and rights licensing technology. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book.